In one of the most extraordinary World Cup finals ever, Argentina beat France on penalties to spark celebrations all around the country as they lift their third World Cup title. And you might have heard, that is Lionel Messi's first. Hello and welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Quite show today. Craig Burley with us here in the studio, as is Ali Moreno. We also welcome to the programme, oh, what a treat, not one but two sad Frenchmen. Uh-oh. Julian Laurent is with us, Uh-oh. as is Frank Leboeuf. Shaka Hislop, who was at the game as well, uh, joins us. Uh, where to start? I think just overall... I've never been happier to be wrong in all my life. Mm. Because well, I, 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 I was saying, oh, it's, finals are rubbish, you know, they're always tight affairs, nothing really happens. And then, just the 80th minute explodes into life, and from then on, you couldn't have written the drama. There's been nothing about this World Cup, certainly as we've progressed, that suggested, apart from the fact the pressure of a final, which I suppose is a huge reason, <laughs> but everything suggested to is drama. We've had quite a lot of drama in this World Cup and we got, we got the best drama at the end. But I think we got the right result right. from a footballing perspective. You know, neutrality would say, you know, French want the French. Of course, the Argentinians thought they'd lost it. They were looking tired. But I think in, in the overall picture of the game, particularly the first hour, particularly the first yeah. 45, I don't think, and Ali, I've seen more than Argentina than me over the last... 15, 20 years, that was a stellar, stellar performance, bearing in mind what was at stake. Right from the off, you Mm. could tell that they were completely up for this game. Mm. And you had France, who obviously seemingly weren't. And at 2-0, you kind of thought, wow, you know, it could take the dog for a walk. It'd be fine. Which some people do. And then that penalty just changed everything. Mm. The first big decision by Scaloni was bringing in Di Maria, mm-hmm. who had had his fitness issues. And not only bringing Di Maria, but we're not going to play him down the right-hand side, which he actually does. We're going to bring him over to the left-hand side, and we're going to create issues for France on that side. And it was through Di Maria that Argentina was creating most of the opportunities. It wasn't just one outlet. It wasn't just Messi. Di Maria, by himself, was also creating all sorts of problems. And so, to the point that Craig was making... I thought the midfield of Argentina in the first half gave a clinic as to how to play the position. The interchanging of position. McAllister was outstanding. Enzo Fernandez was outstanding. Di Maria, we just mentioned down the left-hand side. And you just think about the work that then Rodrigo De Paul brings this team, which is sometimes criticized, but he is the spirit of who they are as a group. And as a whole, that unit was just running circles around France. Where is Antoine Griezmann? Where is Chouameni? Where are these guys? Where did they go? Well, they're nowhere to be found. It's all Argentina all the time. And then the penalty happened. And you could not have flipped a game more dramatically than it did for those couple of minutes. In which is the penalty... I play, by the way, that Otamendi, if he just clears it, there's no issue. But now there's a penalty. Mbappe puts it away. And Mbappe again. And after that, if you're rooting for Argentina, you're saying, please blow the whistle. You could just see it. Please blow the whistle. The players, it was incredible. Blow the whistle. They, we're getting killed here. And there's nothing we can do. We were holding on to the ball so cleanly and clearly before, and now we cannot complete a pass. And there was a sequence in play in which Mbappe started dribbling down the left-hand side and started cutting inside and outside and inside and outside. I'm like, oh my goodness, here it is. Here comes the end. 
The whistle came and that allowed Argentina to settle down, settle down, take a breather and just kind of, ah, let's go back to some of the things that we're doing. We cannot compete physically against these guys. We can't run with these guys. Yeah. We're going to have to pass around these guys if we're going to be able to compete. They did better in the extra 20, time. 28, 28 FLC. Just before we go to the boys, just briefly, the, the, obviously the decision to play De Maria, uh, we sort of found out this, this morning early uh, he was playing and we sort of questioned that when we were doing the show this morning. But it was an absolute gem of a decision. But the decision to move him to the other side, when you think about it, was one, he could get at Koundé, but two, they couldn't have him on that right side mm. because they needed Rodrigo de Paul, who was just mm-hmm. fantastic, to back up yeah. Molina. Now, it's a little weird. To, I'm not talking about the 120 minutes, but if you were looking at 90 minutes, you might not be sitting here and saying, Messi was their best player. Mm. Mm. And yeah. that's what they talked about. Yeah. Support structure. McAllister, Rodrigo yes. de Paul, yeah. uh, Romero, Otamendi up to the mistake. All these players had the game of their life until it started to unravel. But you've got to say, Scaloni, for the most part, got, got the big decisions absolutely correct. Shaka, we're watching this obviously at home. You're watching it in amongst Argentinian fans in the stadium. What was that like, the, the juxtaposition of the 80th minute to then the end of the 90 minutes, just the emotion that you saw around you going into extra time? To, to say it was a roller coaster would be an understatement. And, and in all honesty, it wasn't just or before the 80th minute. The first half, I, Argentina outnumbered the French fans by 10 to 1, and, I, and, I'm, being, and I'm being kind. And, and the first half was all about Argentina willing their team on, celebrating, as, as we've seen them do all tournament long. And then the halftime break, and Argentina are two up. And the mood of the Argentinian fan brace shifted from let's will our team on to please don't mess this up. We've got it won. <laughs> and, and in all honesty, for, for the first 20 minutes of the, of the second half, you, France didn't look like, like they came to play. And I, I have to say, I, I, Didier Deschamps will go down as one of the best coaches in footballing history. But for that first hour, there's one sentence that kept jumping out at me that I don't think I would ever have muttered. Lionel Scaloni outcoached Didier Deschamps for that first hour. Then all of a sudden, the changes, and it started to take hold, and France got themselves back into the game. But more concerningly, you saw that soft underside to Argentina, which you saw against the Netherlands, which you saw against Saudi Arabia. Um, come back and, and in the end it, it really was the, the, the Argentinians just, just holding on and France you felt in the end we were the better of, of the two teams and then extra time happened in, in the, let me be specific sorry sorry yeah it, let me just France were, were better in the last 25 minutes not not overall and let me just be clear on that France's game just France's game plan come out of desperation yeah Argentina had a game plan I'll get to the French, I'll let the boys talk, I'll get to the French when we talk about the French, because there's loads to talk about. Oh, I thought you were going to continue. Well, he said no, well, me, well, you might think this is strange, <laughs> but I am going to, say, I'm going to bring something up, that I've, and Jules probably knows it, I'm going to talk about something that I've talked about with Jules and we've talked about before. K 
Kylian Mbappe. Right. Okay. Uh, we'll get to that. I just want to. I just want. I just want you to kind of tell the story a little bit, guys, because you were in the stadium of what extra time was like. Because obviously at two-two, Argentina had to regroup, and the moment that ball crossed the line from Lionel Messi to make it three-two, what was that like, Shaq? The, uh, again, the place just erupted. And I was the far end of, of, of the city. I, I was sat right behind well, Martinez's goal at, at that point. So you couldn't really see who it was. You couldn't really tell if it, if it crossed. And then you just... Well, the first thing I noticed was the subs coming on, running onto the pitch from, from left-hand side as, as I was looking. And that's when you realised... Well, the goal was scored, and, and there was still a little bit of uncertainty, certainly amongst the, the Argentina fans. Um... From, from, again, from a fan perspective, it, it felt like Argentina won the ball back again in, in, in the French half as, as France were trying to pass the ball out, and it just emerged out of nothing. And, and so it kind of felt like it, it came out of nothing, not that they were fully deserving. And it, it took us a very long time to realize who scored until they put it up on the notice board, and then the crowd erupted yet again. But even then... And, and I'm, I'm not sure where Jules was sitting, but even then, even as Argentina go 3-2 up, they celebrate, and then as things settle down, there's a nervous unease about, about the Argentina fans that, that I, I thought was telling. And how are you, Jules, at 3-2? You've had the highs, the lows, you think that's it, and then, of course, France win the penalty. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my heart could not take it anymore. I have to say, I was on the other side of, of where Shaka was, so towards the Argentine side. So, for example, I, I was convinced Lautaro was offside on the, on the third goal. I'm, I'm pretty much on the line, and it's very tight, as we saw then. He's onside, but, like, from, it's, it's, it's that thin. And then I think there's nowhere now. There's 10 minutes to go, but I, I just could not see us going, going again and coming back again. And, and I should not have doubted because... I mean, Konate comes on, he gets the corner that leads to the, pe- the, to the second penalty, the, the Kylian shot that, that Montiel deflects and, like, by mistake, really, with his arm. And then, and then I'm thinking, OK, the first, the first thought I have is Harry Kane with England against France. It's, mm. the simi- it's the similar for Kylian to take a second penalty, mm. except that this time it's against, the, it's against the goalkeeper that is much better at penalties than Hugo Lloris is. And Emi Martinez is so good at saving pens. And I'm thinking, please, Kylian, don't, don't force it. Don't overheat it. Just, just <laughs> pick a side and then, and then that's it. And he hit it the same side. And, and then it's 3-3. And I'm, I'm, I'm sat with literally only South American journalists every, everywhere around me. So when, the th- the, when Argentina scored the third goal, they all like went mad. And then here is me like, on the third goal that we scored, on my own, going like, yeah, I can't hear you anymore. What? I can't hear anything here. Oh, I was Jules. just literally like oh. crazy. Oh, Little I knew that. Not then someone punched you in the face and yeah, that was yeah. it. <laughs> and even after that penalty, there was one moment of drama before the oh. shootout. Because oh I thought that goal Kilimani was Kilimani was... What a player. What a save. What a player that young man is as well. I mean, it was a huge left dangling leg yeah. by Martinez yeah. that, that saved Argentina. Argentina in the end. I, I mean, incredible save from a goalkeeper. It's just come on leaps and bounds. The young man, there's not a lot... I mean, it's hard to criticise. He fired it low and wide and... Well... Just that leg, that leg that he sticks out. And because you, like, you just thought, right, this is it. It's almost written. Just not Argentina's day. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll take it about 30 seconds later, where Argentina then go over to the other side. Yeah. They create a yeah, chance, flow the ball to Lautaro Martinez, who's by himself, top of the six-yard box, and gets a header all wrong. 
and that is what this game was all about post that initial penalty by killing Mbappe. It went crazy. Yeah. It went all over the place. The emotions, the storylines coming into the game rarely display themselves in the manner in which they did today. Where the big boys deliver and then those that are supposed to deliver on sort of the, the co-stars, but the supporting actors taking a starring role and being the, the, the players that actually put themselves in a position to make a, to make a difference. So Kulumani could have been and should have been the hero. Yeah. Lautaro Martinez could have been and should have been the hero. Gonzalo Montiel could have yes. been. Could have been the guy could have that, been the villain. Yes, could the have hero. been the villain and somehow becomes a hero yeah. once he scores his penalty. There are so many things and so many directions and so many turns that this game took. But to the point of Kurumwane, and I will go as far as to say Turam as well, the, the introduction of both of those players changed the game for France in that it was a very similar approach to what the Dutch did to Argentina. They exposed that physically they cannot compete with guys of that size and that speed. And once France got going and those guys got going, it became very difficult yeah. for Argentina to defend. They survived. And yet they had a, ch- a chance late to win it themselves. It's amazing that Lautaro Martinez hit the target for that Messi. We thought it was the winner. Yeah. Yes. He looked yeah. so cumbersome when yeah. he came on. Yeah. I mean, not, notwithstanding the header, the movement, how slow he looked yes. to get into the game. And he, he looked like a player who... Just starstruck almost. Yeah, like dropped. Yeah. Dropped at the beginning of the tournament for a guy that's a lot younger than him, who's not been playing really at Man City who's making his way in the game, who was expected, Julian Alvarez this is, to be a bit part player. And Lutero Martinez looked like a guy who Scaloni had no trust in, but had to go to his bench to freshen up and liven up. And then we had that header. Oh, my mm, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Perfect little dink ball. And he's like, and it just... <laughs> it's like gone off on a tangent. But I, I tell you, you know, Romero from Spurs. I mean, there's, there's so many from Argentina, but I just thought, okay, he got away with a couple of ones when he dived in. I thought, oh, uh, the referee, I thought, was clever uh, in terms of the World Cup final. He wasn't running about like an idiot early, booking everybody. He gave people some breathing space. But I thought some of Romero's decision-making in this game, when to step in, how to read it, his passing from the back was superb. Frank, I'm sorry, mate, for so many levels, but for this time I'm apologising for making you wait so long to join us uh, in the conversation. How, how do you reflect on that final? Um, well, we are frustrated. I would say that I am frustrated because, like, for 75 minutes, I saw nothing from uh, our national team. Very disappointed. Uh, all credit to the Argentinian who played the, the game perfectly. I remember halftime, Didier Deschamps made an exclusive interview for French TV and he said, well, there is one team who decided to play a, a World Cup final game and us, we don't know what we are doing here yet. Um, and then there is a disappointment. After that 70th minute or 75th minute, uh, we saw a different team uh, because of the um, crucial substitution of Didier Deschamps and we saw something different uh, starting from the penalty of Kylian Mbappé and we were to craziness. Then we became disappointed because of the result. But overall, you have to accept the fact that Argentina deserved to win because they did what they had to do and they should have won easily uh, if uh, France didn't wake up you know, after 75 minutes, which, it's, which is absolutely abnormal for me. Um, you know, you talked about the, the two situations at the end. There is also a counterattack with a big foul and a yellow card from an Argentinian player, where 
if the referee didn't blow the whistle, it would have been a fantastic counter-attack as well, a possibility to score goals. But I think, you know, before the game, people asked me, you know, intimely what I was thinking about. I say, well, everything is, seems to be um, going to, to Lionel Messi, like it's a destiny. That that guy deserved to win a World Cup because what he did in his, uh, in his career. So... I wasn't feeling comfortable with, uh, with France and uh, didn't know how to, to put it. But it's like everything was, and the, and the world, the entire world, but France, well, I think we're dreaming about seeing uh, Messi winning because what he did during his career. And it's just fair for him to, to, to have won that World Cup. So we are, again, frustrated, mm. disappointed. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that, uh, for me, the best team won. I think it was Cunha on Coman, Frank, you're talking yes, about. Yes, yeah, in the midfield. Right, and Coman got his feet really yes. quickly. He, yeah. yeah, he got his feet really quickly. Uh, and obviously he's fast, but I think the referee had quickly gone to his whistle, not realising. I think there's a couple of little bits we could maybe pick out about the referee. But I thought in general, bearing in mind, World Cup final, how fast it was, I thought it was strong. So, World Cup final, we get to the penalty shootouts. Lionel Messi is walking down there. And he takes it like he's the coolest man. By the way, I, he, he rolled it so slowly. I thought, uh, it, I thought Lloris was actually going to be able to get to it. It was incredible. That, it was incredible. I mean, to be fair, Mbappe's penalties, Jules touched on it. To do that in any game, never mind the World Cup final, it is amazing. But for Messi, I think Messi made his mind up. Uh, probably, did he miss one early in the tournament? I think yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, made the save. Right, when he went with power, uh, I, I think he made his mind up that he was going to go the opposite tactic. Right. And we've seen that with him where he, yes. he, he's just decided, no, no, I'm actually, yeah. I'm actually, I've actually got more uh, about me, more skill than the goalkeeper. So I'm going, to, I'm going to wait and I'm going to go up and I'm going to keep my head up and I'm going to wait to him. It was out. a shootout against the Dutch, wasn't it, where he did, did, did exactly yeah, so he yeah. did the exact same yeah. twice. Yeah. Yeah. No, he might have went for power the same. He went, he went for power against Croatia in the semi-finals against yeah. Ivakovic. Did he? And then yeah. in the shootout... Oh, there's been that many penalties. <laughs> <I've run out. laughs> go, go on, Frank. Have you, have you realised that guy had the two best uh, kicker for penalty shots, you know, the first? <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. And, and like, Neymar, and like, Neymar's still waiting. And like Neymar, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, that's, what, that, that's crazy about penalties because I've, we've saw, we saw many times players shooting two penalties. Yeah. But Mbappe shoot three penalties. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that in my life. It's three on the same side. Now, I mean, you have to have the guts to, to do it because really, I thought... I thought I wanted to call Didier Deschamps, you know, at the end of the game, say, please don't make Mbappe shooting the third one because it's so tricky. I mean, he will miss it. And Emiliano Martinez touched the ball, and, but he went on, yeah. he went in. So, okay, that's good. But the guy, remember Jeff Hurst in 1966 was the last yeah. guy who scored an hat trick. Yes. And, uh, and Mbappe did it, and on top of it, scored a penalty on the, on the, on the, on the penalty shootout. So, Amazing. Amazing. And then, point, then the, sorry, to the point of Lionel Messi and how he was taking the penalty kicks, it is worth repeating. The pressure, yeah. the moment, the anticipation, the expectations, the hopes of a nation, and this guy staring at the goalkeeper. I'm going to hold my nerve. You're going to dive out of the way. I'm telling you, you're going to dive out of the way, and I'm going to put it to the other side. Man, it takes, let me tell you something, it takes some fortitude to do it like that. And to choose a very polite way of putting yes. it. Yes. Well, it's fortitude. <laughs> well, that, I, I, honestly, fortitude. How many people were sitting going? That, that, I mean, 
I just thought Argentina had played so well. I went, it's gone. That's it. Mm. They'd made defensive yes. changes. Yeah. They'd played the shutout card. Yeah. And France had played, were up the creek without a paddle card. Yeah. Right? So it was two ends of the spectrum. We're seeing the game out, tired. We're throwing the kitchen sink at it. And all of a sudden it's 2-2 it's two, two and you're going... There's no way Argentina can... They need oxygen. Yeah. They need to get... They're done. They're absolutely done. I mean, it was... I mean, it was just amazing. And then, Shaq, it's all about Emi Martinez, again, in a penalty shootout. Yeah, uh, but before, uh, before I get to uh, Martinez in, in the penalty shootout, um, just about Lionel Messi's penalty again... I, I'm looking at it through a different lens. I'm looking at it from, from the goalkeeper and certainly the, the one in the first half. I am right behind uh, Hugo Lloris. And I, I have pointed out how all tournament and Hugo Lloris against Harry Kane, how goalkeepers have got the timing of that first move so right, which has enabled, we've seen so many, so many saves um, uh, this World Cup. Lionel Messi up against one of the most experienced goalkeepers in world football at a time where so many players do these ridiculous run-ups and trying to get the goalkeeper off their mark and miss time they had that first move we have players who do the hop skip and a jump or the hippity hop as, as ali pointed, as ali calls it Lionel messi strolls up times it to perfection and, and almost waits on Hugo Lloris to, to make that move. And, and that is the difference between the quality of player and penalty taker that Lionel Messi is and to some of the others. I'm being, regardless of how good their records are, and it, it, speaks to, it speaks to how good Lionel Messi is. Then come the penalty shootout. And as, again, as, as they, go into, they go into the spot, they, they go to... The Argentina fans, which all the Argentina fans start to cheer because behind the other goals where the French, French or the majority of French fans were sat. Um, so I wonder if that gave Argentina a little bit of a benefit, but those are the breaks. And then I wanted to see how, again, Hugo Lloris, one of the most experienced goalkeepers in, in world football, Emiliano Martinez, with everything at stake, with all that we've spoken about with Argentina and Lionel Messi, how they would cope. Messi steps up, he scores his. He scores his. Mbappe steps up, he scores his. Then there's a save. And then the third penalty, which um, Chua many goes to take for France. As he's walking up, Martinez has the ball in his hand. And I, I, I'm going to put this down as design from Martinez, just recognizing the moment, recognizing the player, a young player coming up uh, to take a penalty in the biggest stage of world football. And Martinez throws the ball wide out to, to his right. many goes running after it to get it. In, in, in his experience would, would teach him differently, I'm sure. But just looking at, at at Chuameni having to run out some 15 yards to go grab the ball to bring it back to the spot. I think Martinez put a marker down right there. 
who's boss, who's in control of this. So once I saw that, it did not surprise me at all to see Chouameni pull his penalty just wide. So we could talk about the saves, we could talk, I, I could go on and on about the timing of the first step, <laughs> but <you> sometimes <laughs> those penalties are won or, won or lost in, in moments well away from, from the kick itself. Is he on double time tonight? <laughs> Shaq is loving it. Shaq, you're cramming two weeks in Qatar into one, one show. And, and it's then, amazing. It's amazing. And then really the celebration. Let's, let's, just say I'm, let's just say I'm well rested. I'm well rested today, Greg. I'm glad you got a That's ticket what. for that final anyway. Uh, and then obviously all the celebrations focus around Lionel Messi given all the stories going into this and every other World Cup with regards to him and Maradona. And what was just so good, just watching, well, there were two moments. I just thought the fact that he was just smiling. He wasn't even crying. didn't break down. Just smiling. Just, you could just see how happy he was. And then the moment when he picked up the player of the tournament award and kissed the World Cup, it was like for the first time he can actually accept that, yes, you're a World Cup winner. I thought those were two brilliant moments. Yeah, and I think at the end of the game it was just relief because yes. it went, it, 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 the pendulum had swung so much. And I'm, I'm sure even himself, the great man himself thought it was looking around at his teammates thought, we're screwed here we're all tired and yeah. he was knackered and he'd played a lot of game, a lot of football himself as a guy in his mid-30s and so I think it was just relief and, and the, the only disappointing thing for me was having that Muppet Gianni Infantino popping <laughs> about like a bad smell at the end of it and then they draped this they, they, they draped this yeah. sort of cape on him when you just wanted him to be left alone along with his teammates to lift lift this World Cup purely in his Argentinian strip and let, let that iconic photograph go alongside the other greats of South American football uh, and here we had uh, the hanger-on <clears throat> dressed up in his sneakers uh, half on the round that, that was to me, I was like screaming at the TV, get out of here! <laughs> Give the man the moment that he's been waiting for. I'm sure he's not thinking too much about it, but everybody else watching, I think, was thinking the same thing. For God's sake, man, get out of the picture and let this team celebrate. Uh, Shaka, we had a lot of questions, as always, for extra time. I think this may be a first in which the majority, we're talking 80 90%, had one question, and it was for you. Why? <laughs> Is he now the greatest all right. of all time? Um, I'll be happy to have that discussion with you, Dan, when, he gets back. when the time is right. <laughs> what? what does this mean? Jack, you could just say yes and end it all. You could just end it all for this time. And then you never have to worry about I it again. I thought the question was... I thought the question why? Was, why? Why, Jack, why I do thought, I want to end it? I'm having far too much fun here. I thought the question was, why did you change your pick? <laughs> This might be a stupid question. Uh oh, here we go. But even from a French perspective, could you be happy for Messi? Um it took me I have to say it took when Montiel scored that penalty, it took me a while to like to to to, to, to get over it and digest it. And even when we were doing the show with Gab outside the stadium, it was it was a bit tough. <laughs> But I think you realise quickly, and Shaka would be the same, that you've witnessed history. Mm. And to be fair, history was made here in Doha, the Lusai Stadium tonight. It was amazing to be part of it, even if I was completely heartbroken. But it doesn't matter in the sense that if you look at the bigger picture, and this France team will have another goal in four years' time, and Kylian will have another chance, and maybe another one after that, and another one after that, and same for the younger one, Colomwani, etc. 
but we saw maybe the greatest of all time finally lifting that trophy and 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 to just be there watching it and be the privilege that we had to be in that stadium with 80,000 people where millions around the world were just watching and were envious of us of being in that stadium to be there and see Messi and Argentina and those incredible fans of course it felt special I was not happy but <laughs> you could you could realize and acknowledge how special how special it was yeah okay, let, let me just say to that I, it, it really was it really was a privilege because I, I thought Messi was absolutely outstanding not just for his goals but his, his, his general play all around how he controlled how he controlled Argentina and then uh, Kind of building up to this final, I was having a discussion with, with one of our producers here, Mo, about, and he was saying that he feels that Messi deserves it. And I'm like, and my response is, you don't deserve to win a World Cup. You earn that. But I have to say, after the game, leaving the stadium, as, as I'm walking away, and I'm, I'm, I can, I'm thinking he deserved that. I, I absolutely, everything he gave to football, everything about that performance was, was deserving. It really was. Does it make him the greatest of all time? I have no. no more arguments. I have nothing else to hang on to other than an emotional connection with my childhood and Diego Maradona. And I'm willing, as painful as it is, I'm willing to let go of that connection. I'm willing to let go of my childhood and say, I can no longer put an argument. I can no longer deny Lionel Messi what he has achieved in cold, hard numbers, in cold, hard facts, cannot be denied anymore. He is, in my estimation, the best player I've ever seen. Oh, he's the best player I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, I saw a bit of Maradona. Mm. It's hard because, you know, Maradona's lifestyle, which is his problem, was his problem, uh, during his playing days it was also how he was used and he was used particularly when he went to Naples and also the lack of protection mm. yeah. of the 80s in particular 70s and 80s he was the 80s and you just need to go back and look at some of the video of, of the challenges not to say that Messi hasn't had it but he certainly has had it easier as the game has progressed and modernised and it's been a lot of protection around the players and rightly so but you look at seven Ballon d'Ors how many Champions League La Liga trophies no, nobody's matching that and then you look at I mean he saved the scruffiest goal he's ever scored probably to the World Cup final yeah. not only did it just manage to trundle over the line it was his right foot yeah. so for all the I mean it is hard to, to argue when you've watched him play the magical moments that this guy's had it's not there's not a dozen no. there's, there's probably 50 100 Maybe hundreds. Yeah. So yeah, it's. I don't, I don't think there is too much debate. Uh, Frank, I know you hate hate this question. So let me kind of rephrase it slightly for you. You've got to be happy for him today, haven't you? From a professional point of view. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think it's uh, it's part of history, and you want that to. Uh, uh, for Messi, you want that to end up uh, uh, in a nice way. Um, unfortunately, it's against France. But you have to be happy for the, for, for the player that he, he is and he has been for the past uh, more than 15 years. Uh, uh, but to answer to the greatest of all time, I just want to say that because I'm always thinking about Pele. I barely saw him playing, but when somebody won the World Cup three times, 
only played in, uh, in, uh, in Brazil because he only played for Santos, couldn't get the Ballon d'Or because the Ballon d'Or was only given to European players at the time. Um, um, I, think, I think you have to take everything into consideration. Craig was t- talking about the, 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 the protection that the players have, have now where you didn't have that. Pelé was injured in, uh, in, um, in 66 in, uh, in, in England for the World Cup with an outrageous uh, tackle from uh, I don't remember who. So uh, it's a different time, different generation, different football, uh, different views. Uh, of course, Messi has to be considered as of one of the greatest. But because of no medicals, no physical preparation, uh, not really professional, what achieved Pelé... Um, I think he has to be, for me, uh, um, described as the greatest of all time, for sure. This is difficult because I'm asking you to get into somebody's psyche and we don't know what he's thinking. But if I was him, I'd just be like, that's it now. I've done everything. I've done everything I've ever wanted to achieve. To go back to France and play against Rennes in Ligue 1, you know, no offence, uh, Jules. But that's what makes him what Leave me is. alone, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, it's hard enough. <laughs> but that's kind of what makes him what he is until the end of the season, at least. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's not going to be easy. And uh, Gaultier might have to get on the blower a little sharpish. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's not answering that call for a while. It seems to be the telecoms <laughs> in Buenos Aires are down. I wonder if it did a bleeping noise. But, you know, I, so it's hard to it's hard to deny I'm a celebration or two, the whole no. lot. I mean, I mean yeah. you can only imagine what Argentina is like. Yes. And, yeah, it's going to be difficult, but, but that kind of maketh the man in terms of the rest of this season, we'll, yeah. we will see. But going forward, what, what's to achieve? What? And yet, let's, let's just take the other side of the argument. He's achieved everything. So there's been a whole lot of pressure on Lionel Messi. Right. There's been a whole lot of attention on Lionel Messi. He's achieved it. And now he plays with a free soul. Where, no matter what I do, yes. I can lean on all of this. All of this is mine. Yeah. So maybe that freedom of thought, of spirit, of feeling, once he gets... Uh, beyond having won the World Cup, which is going to take some time, he's just going to say, well, let's play for the fun of it. Right. And Messi playing for the fun of it may still be the best player in the world. And so I think for now he will finish with PSG, but as as Craig was alluding to there, once you get into the summer and then you have to get ready for the next season and you you have to continue that sort of preparation and, and mental sharpness and everything and all the sacrifices that it takes to play at a high level like Lionel Messi has played for the last 15 years or so, that's when perhaps it's going to, be, it's going right. to become tough because then you're kind of like, mm, it's hard to find the motivation now. Yeah, I don't really have it in me. And who would blame him, by the way? Who would blame him if he were Jules, to say... Jules would blame him. Say, well, but, See you guys later. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. Uh, Jules, will for- <laughs> Jules, Jules will forgive him yeah, if, he wins the, if he wins the Champions League no, for PSG. Jules, you'll forgive him, won't you? Maybe. No, he won't. <laughs> no, he won't. Maybe. No, he was a hat trick in the final. <laughs> Frank, you've been there and done that, obviously, winning the World Cup, not quite in the same manner in which Messi had. Of course, he's very much at the tail end of his career. But could you understand if he just went, look, that's it, I'm done? Of course, of course. And I think um, 
Paris Saint-Germain, Christophe Galtier will have to be very clever uh, with him um, to make sure that he doesn't come back too early, that he can digest his title, you know, and see with him how he wants to come back and the, the way he wants to come back. I think it's a real discussion to have with a guy. He's 35. He's not, he's not going to fake it. He, uh, I think he loves football. He respects football. So he wants to carry on because he has a contract. But yes, the question uh, will be uh, asked, and uh, and let's see how he, he wants to uh, uh, to uh, what, where he wants to go. But I understand that um, I, when we came back to train at um, close to Stamford Bridge um, in uh, with Chelsea with Marcel Desailly, <laughs> and that was a nightmare. You you three weeks after the World Cup, and you say, well, we don't want to run. We don't we don't care. You know, we we heard the Concorde, you know, taking off. We couldn't talk. I mean, it was windy. We're in England where nobody cared. You know, well, well, no, we, we want to have some holidays. We want to party and we want to digest. Let's see how it works. Uh, it, the guy loves football. I think he's a crazy yeah. lover of football. So I'm sure he wants to carry on. OK. Should we talk about France? I kind of want to talk about Kun Aguero, but I don't think we've got time. <laughs> <laughs> it's appeared with a drum. <laughs> 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 so somebody tell him he was in the squad. Hey, cool. I thought you were sick. <laughs> 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 Take it easy, cool. I thought he was going to shove people off the podium. <laughs> this is my world. Cup. <laughs> it's my favourite moment <laughs> the celebrations. Aguero suddenly appearing. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, let's talk about France. Mm. Why were they so rubbish for the first 75 minutes, Jules? Mm. It's a good question. They were flat. They were very sloppy in possession. Uh, I don't know if the virus... I mean, Deschamps said that everybody who started was 100% fit. We have to believe him. He didn't want to say that virus maybe had an impact on 
some of the players. We saw Varane, when he came off, he clearly looked like he could not breathe anymore. We saw Rabiot as well a little bit in the second half. Maybe a bit short of breath too. I, I don't know. I don't, but I don't think that's an excuse. They were just, at that time, beaten by a much better team. And sometimes you lose to a much better team. You can't always be at the same level of your position or better than the opposition. And Argentina... As we mentioned earlier, for the first 45, maybe 60 minutes, was just outstanding. Everything, the, the press with the ball to keep the ball well. They were winning all the, all the duels, all the second balls. Their, their midfield was bossing our midfields. And there was just none of our big players in the game. No Giroud, no Griezmann, no Kylian, just nothing. So we were under pressure all the time. And to be fair, we were even lucky to only be two goals down at half time. So I think it took a lot of effort and energy from the boys, the substitutions work to a certain extent. Argentina, we were saying with Shaka before, we usually lose a bit of control in the second half always because physically they drop, like we saw against Australia and the Dutch. And that's how we came back in a way a little bit into the game. But we have to be honest here that we played badly, but because the opposition was so good for an hour. Why did they start so slowly, Frank? Because it's Argentina, it's the World Cup final. It's not as if you're going into this as big favourites and you're being suddenly taken by surprise by underdogs. It just seemed they just were completely almost unprepared. Yeah, but don't forget that you have many people who are missing before the World Cup. And uh, we talk about Kante, we talk about Pogba, we lost Benzema and some others. You have a young team um, and, uh, and, and, and they took the leadership um, um, but remember, against England, um, they didn't play well. They went through, but uh, everybody agreed that uh, England played better. Against Morocco, they were really fragile as well, you know, and they found a way to, uh, to, to cope with the situation, scoring only one goal, uh, two goals at the end of the, of the game to finish the game. But it wasn't that perfect as well. So... It can happen. It's all about timing, you know. In football, you come onto the pitch, you don't know what's going to happen. You have question marks about yourself, your teammates, and the way we're going to play, and the tactic that the coach put on, but you don't have the, uh, the answer until you try and you are on the field. And sometimes, you don't know why, nothing works. And today, nothing works. Yeah, I hear about their tightness. But when you start playing for se- at the 75th minute and run like they were running, of yeah. course, substituting some players, you cannot put the tightness in front because, for me, it wasn't the case. No, as Deschamps said, there was a team, Argentina, which decided to play a World Cup final. And I think another team, France, who didn't realize they were playing a World Cup final. And they woke up after 75 minutes. The answer, I don't have it. Only the players can answer to that. But I guess it's sometimes nothing works. You mentioned before about Mbappe. Mm. Well, it's not down to one player. Uh, Just to piggyback on Frank's point, looking back now at the defeat and, and the recent performances, yes, in some sense, they got away with the England performance. Lloris made saves. Mm-hmm. Second half against Morocco. Maybe Morocco's lack of a real, you know, out-and-out goal scorer. Uh, and their lack of depth. Today, they didn't get away with it. Uh, yeah, the game was the most exciting end to a World Cup final, I think, any of us can remember. And we can be thankful for that. But for 80 minutes, they were behind the eight, the eight ball, certainly for 45. And you've got to ask yourself, why? I felt sorry for Olivier Giroud for all that man has done in his career for French football for Didier Deschamps and breaking record. He was a consequence of the shambles behind him. 
And he did no wrong. He might not have got the service or had a great start, but there's nothing that man could have done. Right. The two white guys mm. were a disgrace early on. Now, Usman Dembele had a bad touch in the first 10 minutes. The ball went under his foot and went out for a throw and he never recovered. His confidence was shot and we all know he gave the penalty away. I've talked and we've talked long and hard about Mbappe's work rate um, on this show. And that was non-existent in the first half. And what was happening was uh, Rodrigo de Paul was getting the run of that right side. He was coming back to help when needed, which wasn't very often. And when he wasn't needed, Mbappe wasn't tracking back. And they were getting a two-on-one with Messi on Hernandez. And when Rabiot finally started coming across, and don't forget, and Jules was talking the last 24 hours about Rabiot has been quoted as saying, I'm happy to do the job of two men. Well, that's fine when you're dominating games. It's also fine when you're healthy. The man's been ill. Right. But so when he finally started coming across, it meant Chiumani had to come across, and it meant they could go down the other side to Di Maria. And when that balance didn't happen correctly, and Chiumani and, and Rabiot, there was a big space because he was covering the left side, Argentina were poking balls, balls through the middle of the park. And that's a huge reason why... Argentina dominated the midfield and it's also a huge reason why Didier Deschamps then thought I can't have this, we're getting destroyed in the wide positions, my fullbacks are getting destroyed, so I have to put Kylian Mbappe through the middle, I have to bring a change on the right, I have to bring a change on the left, but they're already behind the eight ball, mm. and I'll go back to this, Dembele just had a poor game, he was always coming off, I'll go back to it, Mbappe you know, the, 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 the two penalties the the steel to do that and the fantastic volley and all these great moments you cannot deny that but you also can't deny when your back's against the wall and Argentina are playing as well as they are in the midfield you have to be able to come back in and help they never did that you can throw Griezmann in there as well and I felt sorry for Giroud I also felt sorry for Rabiot and Chouamini because they got a roasting in there but there's a bigger picture to this you have to roll your sleeves up. And they were 2-0 down before France rolled their sleeves Should up. Should Deschamps not have predicted that before the start of the game, though? That that was the way it was going to play well, they've out? Got, well, they've, the, they've managed to have what you would call success to this point, uh, playing that way. Although, as I said, they got away with it to a certain extent. But Argentina were a, a, a little bit cuter in how they exposed that. And, and, you know, midfielders having to come across the cover at this elite level... The clever players and Fernandez, uh, Enzo Fernandez has been fantastic. Mm. Uh, McAllister. McAllister was brilliant. I mentioned Rodrigo de Paul. It just gave these guys areas to poke balls around the corner. Centre halves didn't know where to step in, and it all starts from the front. And what was the end? What what was the the result of it? Your main striker had to be dragged off. Right. Forty minutes into a game, so you start badly. It's difficult to recover. They almost did it, but they were behind the eight. To ball. your point. The formation already on the field told you that the way that they were set up, that it was going to be 4v3 in the midfield for Argentina. It's already there, right in front of you. We don't have to make it up. Simple math. If you don't have one of those outside guys that Craig is referring to dropping into positions where they can help defensively, it always stays 4v3. And if then you have those guys having to come across to make up for that space, it's no longer 4v3. Because one of those guys takes himself out of the picture, now it's 4v2 and we're going to the other direction. 
That in itself, that freedom to then be able to find transitions through McAllister, who we saw popping into those spaces that Craig is alluding to, and then being able to find the outlet to then isolating on the other side to Di Maria and then the success that Di Maria had throughout the course of the match. They knew coming in it was a mismatch in the midfield. Both of the teams knew it was a mismatch. So how do you address it? You need that help. If you don't provide that help, that mismatch stays. And it stayed like that until changes were made. Is that critique fair, Jules? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think Deschamps, despite reacting by taking off Giroud and, and Dembele, maybe got the tactic wrong at the beginning. We know that he thought about starting Turam and not Giroud from the, from the start. And maybe that could have made a difference. But then there are things like what really, really disappointed me is, is the, penalty, the, the, the penalty that Dembele gives away. Not for the foul, he's a bit clumsy, he's not a defender, he's hard to defend alone in this World Cup. We've said that to compensate himself as well for Kylian on the other side. But it's Angel Di Maria on the ball and he's right by the corner line. There's only one thing that Angel Di Maria will do all his life. He only has one foot, by the way, the left one. So he, he was only... only only ever going to come inside from his left foot and Dembele just goes quickly and gets done literally like an under 11. Literally, that's how easy that was for Dembele to say, you're coming quick, here you go. Come inside onto his, with his left foot, little hook with his left foot, come onto his right and after that Dembele was always going to make that foul. And for me, we've talked about before how ruthless France are and how good they were and that's why they won four years ago and that's how they got to the final. This was stupid. It was completely stupid from Dembele. And I, I think without that goal, Argentina were the better side. We've said that, no problem. But at least if you keep, keep, keep it nil-nil for a bit longer, maybe the rest is a slightly different. But from that goal, when you one nil down, after that, everything goes to pieces. The French didn't... Oh my, the French, Dan, obviously... Dan, the, one second, Frank. The French, sorry. The, the French didn't play well. Just uh, 10 seconds. But Dembele was, to me, one player that looked as if mm. the occasion... Right, got, got to him. him. Uh, the occasion got to him. Go on, Frank. Yeah, uh, we want to come back to what Ali said about the midfield players, Argentinian midfield players playing at th- four in the, mid- in the middle, where we already had that problem against England, where you had Chouamini, you have um, uh, Rabio, and you have Griezmann. And against England, you had already the same problem, you know, because only we're t- defending against Rice, Bellingham, and uh, Anderson. And... Um, um, because you choose to keep Dembele on the field, where I think, I think, without being too critical, missed his World Cup, made, made too many mistakes, you know, uh, didn't, didn't give the right uh, assist when he had to do, tried, didn't score enough for me. Uh, uh, Deschamps kept on playing him, where in fact asked him to do what he's not able to do, meaning defense. And as Jules said, you know, when he was forced to do so, he was making mistakes like he did today to Di Maria. I think there is something to, to resolve for Didier Deschamps. It's his midfielders because he's going to be outnumbered all the time. Because all the teams going to know that they have to play at three or four, one more, more, one more, one guy more than the French team, and then they're going to be in trouble. And because you know that Mbappe is not going to defend, you know that Dembele is defending but not well. Well, it's going to be a big mess, and it's what happened for 75 minutes today. I think hindsight, as Joe said, I mean, to ram in and Mbappe through the middle, but then. I- I mean, I suppose it's a manager's job, but you have a conversation with a guy who's just broken the mm. French goal-scoring record and who generally, over the last, I don't know, six or seven years, has done an amazing job yeah. for, for you. 
to go and say to him, you're not playing in a World Cup final because I'm a bit worried about him not running back is a difficult conversation. Maybe it's one that's what he's paid to do, some people would say, but, you know, hindsight, uh, they just got absolutely sort of mullered in there. But I don't think even Deschamps, when he was looking at Argentina, would have imagined that they would have played as well. Right. That even, even, with that, even with the extra man, that they would have been able to, in a World Cup final, when they were able to pass it as crisply, as fat and, and around people, one touch, two touch, just makes some great... I mean, McAllister, we talk about players, Chumani is at Real Madrid, Rabio is at Juve. These are all guys that are playing at huge clubs. McAllister's playing at Brighton. Mm. And he, he turns up and he takes... With all respect, but he's playing in the Premier League, but he's playing at Brighton. They're going to be what, absolute mid-table at most. And he's playing like that yeah. in, a, in a World Cup final. I mean, that takes an amazing amount of guts. If I, if I go back to the substitution by Deschamps, if you're willing to make a change 41 minutes in, it's because you'd already thought about this. Right. Right? This idea had already crossed your mind. It was already so he second-guessed himself. Yes, almost. it was already simmering. It was already bubbling. And then what you saw was confirmation of what you already knew. It's just he didn't trust himself to make that decision from the very beginning. It's a tough decision to make, and obviously now that we know the result, we said, well, why didn't you do it? But many became so obvious so early, so much so that he's willing to make that change 40 minutes in. Uh, Frank, you spoke to Deschamps after the game. Did you get any sort of sense that maybe this is his last game in charge? Uh... Didier Deschamps didn't win the Euro. And uh, we know from the, 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 the president of the French Federation that uh, uh, if Didier Deschamps reached the semi-final, he would decide himself if he, wa- if he wants to ca- carry on or not. So it's really up to Didier Deschamps. And Didier Deschamps is a winner. He wants to win the Euro. He, he, he missed it in 2016. Uh, didn't work last time, uh, a, year from now, a year and a half from now. I think... I think, it's what I feel, he wants to carry on, you know, until the Euro and after, and after we'll see. Just one thing about uh, the substitution that Ali was uh, referring to. An hour before the, the, the game today, uh, we were told that Marcus Thuram was, would be starting instead of Giroud. So he's right. It was really in Deschamps' mind. The French uh, had a bunch of injuries. Mm. The French were never at their best during this tournament. Yet they got to a final and were a big gangling leg away, yeah. uh, Martinez leg away from, from Kulimani winning it for them. Uh, it, it is what it is for them. It's, it's go away and uh, I'm sure they're not quite Germany in setting up two task forces. Or whatever <laughs> Where's Jan? Where's Jan? <laughs> uh, but, but, but that's, yeah. that, that's how close they came. So, you know, disappointing for them. Right. Uh, but they showed an, an unbelievable amount of backbone and guts just to keep going and keep grinding away. And as Mbappe grew into the game, every time we got on it, towards the end, as it got to the last five minutes and then injury time, then the first half of extra time, we started to see the Mbappe that we knew. He was just the chest was out, and he was like, "I'm I'm now the man. Messi's Messi's done. He's knackered. This team are on the ropes." And he started to pick that up. Then these young guys that come on just made a huge difference. So there's, there's lots to admire about how the French came back. But there's also quite a lot of questions about how they were completely outplayed for long periods. The thing that I would be most disappointed if I were France, 
besides the tactics, besides the things that we just talked about and the decisions made or not made by Didier Deschamps, is the lack of understanding and recognition of who you're playing against and the type of players and the culture that you're playing against and what Argentina looks like in a final. You knew, if you have done your homework, that Argentina would come into this game and make it physical. You knew that Cuti Romero was going to come with a late challenge, that Otamendi was going to come with a late challenge, that their physical presence was going to be there. You also knew that there were going to be moments in which they were going to embellish a foul. You knew there were moments in which they were going to come, in, come over to the top of the ball, that they were going to challenge. They were going to get challenged to get in the face of Antoine Griezmann. They were going to challenge him and say, all right, Greasy, you're here to play or what? Because we're here to play. Yeah. And France were surprised by that. France were not ready for this. They were not ready for all, all the picture that Argentina provides you in a final. Everything, everything in the in their repertoire, everything in the locker that they bring to the final. Not only the quality of keeping the ball, not only the quality of playing through lines, not only the quality of finding Lionel Messi, but all the other things, the extracurricular stuff that I love so much, huh? the dark arts, if you will, that Argentina are so very good at. And friends were kind of like, wait a minute, we don't know how to deal with this. And they didn't deal with it for 75 minutes. Um, apart, apart, sorry, apart from the uh, little bit of sort of laziness early in the first half that I talked about, as the game wore on, I think certainly from half time on, the French can say, look at the players and say, we put everything on the table in the end. Right. We screwed it up early, but we put everything on the table. And I think epitomised by Raphael Varane, who could barely walk it. When he cleared that ball yeah. in the corner he flag, was just done. You the, could guy, just see. the guy missed the last month of the season before the World Cup. He's, played, he's been in and out. He was ill, I believe. Uh, recovered for this game. And you just saw, by the way, he, he trudged off. He probably knew they were going to lose. He thought it was all over. And he had put absolutely everything on the table. And I think if you do that as Craig. a player, there's not a lot else you can, you can ask yourself. Go on, Frank. Craig, it's why, it's why we can't feel sad about what happened today. We can be frustrated and disappointed. But I think you need to tell Jules that more, Frank. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jules, no, Jules, take it easy, my man. Take it easy. <laughs> remember, remember that no, 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 no. We, we won the World Cup. No, no, but Jules, we won the World Cup four years ago. We played four finals in seven World Cup. We won. We, won, we played two European Championship final in uh, in in in, uh, in 24, 24 years. We shouldn't complain. We are a small country. We have only two million people playing football, and we have that resume. I think yes, it's it's disappointing. We cannot be sad. Because only one, one team, one country can win every four years. I think we've been very fortunate and be, we should be proud of our football. No, well, that's a positive vote. Uh, I like that. That's good. I don't know many small Both countries. Frank with <laughs> I don't know many small countries with fifty million or whatever it is. Uh, Jules, looking at it overall, obviously because of what transpired, as Frank said, kind of France can leave with their heads held high. Would you prefer that and to have all the drama and the hope and kind of the <laughs> gut punch in the end, or would you just take the two 0 walk away? Thank you very much. I mean, I have to say, as the when the defeat happened, I thought I would rather lose 2-0 than coming back like this, show that character, show the heart, and then lose on penalties because it's so, it's so cruel. Yeah. Now that we discuss it, now that we talk, we talk about it, 
there's a lot of positive to take even from that defeat tonight. As heartbroken as it was, of course. And we mentioned the young players. I think there's a great future ahead for Turam, for Colomani, for Chouameni, for Fofana, who also did well when he came on. For all that generation, Upamecano, Konate, Saliba. The, the future is bright and that's why Didier is going to stay. Deschamps is going to stay because if he's not stupid, he can see that even with all the players missing, no Benzema, no Pogba, no Conte, etc., etc., we still were the second best team in this tournament and that close of winning it. And then the future is so bright, certainly for the next 18 months and maybe even after that. So, of course, he will stay. As disappointed as he is right now, it's just hard to take for now. But yeah, you would have to be encouraged still by some of the performance, some of the individual performance that, that we see through this tournament. Collectively, at times as well, it was not always perfect, of course, and there's a lot of room for improvement. But I think going forward, you can also, once, once we've all like, gone over the disappointment of, of that defeat on pens, that we can take some positives All you need is a good sleep, Jules. <laughs> a good sleep. <laughs> you, tell you what, try not to miss my flight. I'm sleep on the plane. <laughs> Uh, just a reminder, uh, extra time is always available over on our YouTube channel. Uh, be sure to go over there as the boys, of course, stay late to answer your questions. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You can think of the party and all that. Well, I'd hate to be in Buenos Aires tonight. You couldn't get to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you'd, get, you'd have to... You'd have to it has to be a bring your own. Yes, yeah, but, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you'd have, you'd have pre-game. You preempted yeah. that. That'd be no yeah, problem. It won't be hard to find. Uh, boys, uh, Jules and Shag, obviously, um, Shag, you just turned up for the last couple of days. Jules, you've been there for the whole tournament. Is it fair to say, along with the Moroccan fans, the Argentinian have been the most impressive? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No question. No question at all. Incredible. I've never seen anything like that. I have to say I've been to five World Cups now and four Euros, Champions League, home, away games, club level, wherever, wherever you want to. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, they, they live 12,000 miles away from here and the 50,000 of them still partying now in Sukhwa near where we live, all around. You can't do one year without bumping into an Argentinian fan and it's just incredible. And I do think that at some point through this tournament, at the end today, at the end against Australia, at the end against the Dutch, that 12th man in the stadium, because they were so loud when they today again, must have helped that team massively too. I, I was at Brazil, Croatia, and Brazil brought a, a big contingent of fans as well. But 
in terms of noise and just kind of being there for the team, the, the Brazilian fans paled in, in comparison. It might have been equal in numbers, I guess, at, at that stage of the competition. But just in, in terms of the atmosphere, they paled in comparison to, to Argentina. Morocco, similar numbers, different atmosphere in that it, it was more celebration around Morocco than, than expectation. Um, so that felt a little bit different from, from them. But no question, Morocco, Argentina, fans of the tournament. Shaq, what's the one moment from today, that one image that you kind of take away forever? You take it. <laughs> it was a slip, you remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you have to you have to look at at, uh, at Lionel Messi's performance um, over the course of this one. And, and listen, I, I recognise everything that Kylian Mbappe did and promises to be. Um, but on about seventy five, um, about about seventy five minutes, um, uh, Jorge Ramos, who's from ESPN Deportes, sitting next to me, said turned to me and said he thinks Messi's injured. He can't take on players one on one anymore. But every single time Messi got the ball, he had a way of just slowing down. He had a way of just drawing players in and picking absolutely the right pass every single time. And even whether he was injured or just tired, he, Lionel Messi's playing, a, I have to say, as good as Kylian Mbappe was, Lionel Messi's playing a different game from, from everybody else in, in, in that stadium. It's really. almost as if he's the greatest of all time, Shaka. <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Well, maybe we should have that discussion sometime. <laughs> I don't know why this discussion. We <laughs> Listen, Jorge, Ram- Jorge Ramos turned to him and said, wake up, it's penalty. Yes, I know. Hey. Wake up, like, to Jorge Ramos, you've got the whitest teeth in television. Uh, I don't know if the hell that what? went down. Uh, Jules, snap one snapshot for today that you'll take home. As much as I hate saying it, it has to be Leo Messi lifting that trophy. Finally, they've been waiting since 1986, Argentina as a country. He's been waiting for 20 years. And finally, he was there. And, and to be fair, as, as sad as it was to see as a Frenchman, again, we said earlier we witnessed history, Shaka and I in the stadium, to be there and be privileged to see that. But seeing that little guy, a genius that he is, the greatest of all time, because for me there's no debate. Sorry, Shaq. It, just, just with that trophy... Lifting it like this was just incredible. And how many hours now to your flight, Jules? <laughs> uh, <laughs> four hours now, so I'm gonna, uh, everything is packed. I can uh, go. No, no, it was great, but I need He's going to be on about six shows. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be on six shows before his flight, though. Oh, that's it. <laughs> leave me alone. All of you, leave me alone. I need all to right. go to sleep uh, and to go home. Oh, uh, that's all right. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. Just a reminder for a full recap of Jules' misery, uh, be sure to check out the latest edition of the Gabby Jules podcast as well. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Right then, we go for the World Cup final to the championship. We're going to have take on Sheffield what? United. That came live on ESPN Plus tomorrow at 3pm Eastern. And then the rest of the week on Plus is all about the Carabao Cup. Manchester United against Burnley is on Wednesday. And then what about this on Thursday? Manchester City against Liverpool. Of course, those games exclusive here on Plus. Football America's got emotional. Uh, It has been a big month for them, of course, all together. Um, Sebi shed a tear, actually, on the latest edition, so be sure to check it out. ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. uh, Legendary, with the heads held high. Uh, the front page of the respective newspapers. What a brilliant World Cup final it was. And of course, it's not only in France and Argentina, but the rest of the world, uh, with a certain Lionel Messi on the front page, very much deserved of the accolades that he has received. Not bad, is it? Not bad life to be Lionel Messi at the moment. No. I don't think you'll have to buy a drink in Argentina for a while. <laughs> or ever. <laughs> we would have to queue at the bar. Uh, that is it. Uh, be sure to stay tuned. No extra time is next. Frank is back with us to answer your questions, of course, with Craig and Ali as well. Be sure to stay with us. It's FC Extra Time brought to you by Globen. Hello and welcome into the ESPN FC studios. What a day, what a World Cup, what a final. Thank you very much for your questions. Craig is here, Ali, uh, Frank LaBeouf as well. Unfortunately, the one person who everybody wants to be here is stuck packing, ready for his flight. Uh, the first question is, uh, only question, they say, where is Shaka? Uh, we did discuss whether now he will admit, after saying that Messi needs to win the World Cup to be... The best ever. He says he wants to have that discussion when he gets back. We don't oh. send questions at well. I don't think. I don't. We don't send questions into the extra time. But we have had that question in the studio every day <laughs> <laughs> since he got on that flight to Qatar. That, where is Shaka? Oh, he's brilliant. He's I had a great time. Well, he, fell, he fell asleep in the third, fourth place playoff, didn't he? <laughs> Sorry? Jules told us that he fell asleep. Well, it's a long day, isn't it? The the Middle East temperature, it drains you. I know, I know. Right at nap time. It's fantastic. Is anyone surprised, though? (laughs) Frank, how did Denmark exploit Canada's back line so well to... Oh, wait, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I never... I I, I was sure that somebody would ask me a question about Denmark, you know, at the end of the day. And Canada. Uh, Don't forget Canada. That feels like a long, long time ago now. And Canada. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what? I like to think that I tried to give my best to countries who maybe, or I think, will never win the World Cup. But yes. I thought it was possible. It would yeah. be possible, especially for Denmark. Um, I think again, again, they you did very well g- during the uh, qualification. Yeah, don't don't, don't give us a serious but, answer, Frank. You got it completely and utterly wrong. We've had this discussion. Yeah, exactly. Denmark out. Yes, Canada but that's, went. That's so unfair because. 
they, they played so well, so I'm very disappointed they didn't go through. Well, there we go. I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> You've had a long day, Frank, yeah? Because you did French TV yeah. as well? Yes, I started this morning at uh, oh, nice. uh, 1, 1 p.m., okay. finishing at 9 p.m., and then coming over and working for you three hours after. Yeah. You were much up, you, it, you, you know, I loved, I, loved, uh, I loved it. You were much earlier than Frank. Was I? Well, you were at, what, 7 a.m.? You were up? Wait, 1 doing... p.m. Uh, French time. Yes, I know that. I was giving you some ambition get... to complain. <laughs> I was surprised you didn't accept he's getting, uh, he's getting double bubble, though. Well, of course he is. Frank he's getting above. paid off two companies. And yeah, I was just... You know, out of the goodness of my heart, yes, right? Yes, professional, professional. Because uh-huh. I, I said, right, I'm, no, I don't even, I don't even want paid. Yeah. And then, mm. of course, now there's still only two times that France have won it, so his appearance fee won't be diluted by another squad uh-huh. turning mm-hmm. up and taking his money in the future. So, uh-huh. like, really, like Raphael Varane get, uh, exa- brushes up his English and, 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 you, you and think so? Leboeuf. Leboeuf. We'll have to wait. Um, a big question a lot of people have asked is, was Stevie walking the dog at the 79th <laughs> <laughs> This, of course, after the Dutch game where he took Haggis for a walk. <laughs> Could have. Well, to be Maybe. Fair, I don't know how... I don't know how he still managed to miss it because one of his walks with a dog is probably to the end of the garden and back. Right, yes. He says he does five miles a day with the dog. Five miles? Yeah, that's what he was telling me. Listen, <laughs> I'll have that bit. Right. Five <laughs> yards. <laughs> I five saw- yards? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw him with these other dogs, right. albeit... He's probably, well, he's been watching this. No, he won't. No, he won't. And they're, they were older, albeit. I saw him on the trail a few years ago. Yes. The car was parked there, and he never got more than, I reckon, 200 yards. Right. And then back. And then turned round. Correct. And his excuse was, they don't walk very far. OK, but Haggis does the puppy, isn't it? 140-pound puppy. <laughs> Fleming, eh? Um, we discussed this earlier on the show. What's next for Messi? Is there a possibility he totally retires from football? Not right away. No. He'll enjoy this quite a bit. They'll have to handle this right. very carefully at PSG. Yeah. And then he's going to have to find some inner motivation. That's not going to come for a while. He says he's not even retiring from international football. Well, God bless him. What's he got, Copper America, a couple of years? Yeah, well, the, he, here's the thing. I, again, he, I, at this point, he's playing with house money. Yeah, do what you want. Yeah, I'm messy. I just want the World Cup. And hey, that's the ultimate trump card. And... I just think this frees him up, is what we said in the show. Is I, I think there's no more pressure on him. So yeah. if he just takes it as something he, he does just because he loves it, he'll play for as long as he I wants. I can't imagine him joining Farmington Country Club, playing no, golf no. or doing anything like that. I'm not a member of Farmington Sorry, Country. Farmington Woods. They don't tell people. Why? <laughs> what are they going to do? Kill me. <laughs> They're going to turn up on oh, the first scene. Hide in the trees and shoot me. I don't know. That's Cheryl. That's oh, not right. Cheryl. Is that what that noise was? <laughs> <laughs> Knives come past me and everything. Now, wait, did you play golf? Dan, I don't Dan, think so. I think, Why not? Go on, Frank. I think, I think the guy is absolutely exceptional. You know, remember that contact that he had in the first half with, with Hernandez? That Hernandez smashed him. And I say, well, he's on the floor. He's, not, he's never going to come back up, you know. And he did. The guy, the guy is strong. He's strong. Yeah. He's physically, mentally very strong. So I think he can cope with the situation and be still very good and still be messy for for a couple of years. I think for sure. Uh, Frank, we talked about it on the show, so I'm just going to doctor it slightly. Were you surprised that Deshaun didn't wait till half time to make the changes, considering he did it in what the 41st minute? Uh- 
No, because he knew that wasn't working and he already thought about it before the game. And an hour before, as I said during the show, Marcus Thuram was, uh, was supposed to, to start instead of Olivier Giroud. So I think the Deschamps felt that they had already a, an issue with the fact that Dembele and Mbappe don't, don't really defend or if they defend, they don't know how to defend. And we saw that with Dembele. So to make the story short, you know, he knew it's why he wanted to change it very, very soon. And it's why he did it before half time. He said, yeah, I have nothing against Olivier Giroud, but I had to quickly change it. Are you on your holidays now, Frank? Are you done with soccer for a while? Uh, well, I, I, I work next Thursday for you and Friday. No, no, no holidays. I'm going to go to Normandy for a couple of days, but okay. uh, that's it. No, no holidays. No. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Okay. You're not working for me. You're working for <laughs> <Wow>. the company. <laughs> What would Caribou Cup, baby? A Caribou Cup, City Liverpool. Uh, what would Craig do if he's facing Emmy for a penalty? Will Martinez get in his head? Probably. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I'd, I'd try and hit it hard. Right. Slew it across him. Yeah. And he goes that way a few times. I don't. I don't know. He's a big unit, eh? I was like. Yes. Yeah. He and he's got. He's got that kind of confidence about him. He's the kind of goalkeeper I wanted to take a penalty against once. Right. That's it. That's it. Um, Yoris has never saved a penalty in a penalty shootout. Is that correct, Frank, for France? Um, I think it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. And we saw that today. Like, there were, there were two uh, penalty shootouts that I thought he could have. The Debano one, wasn't it? It was so uh, close. He, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's always so close, so, <laughs> so unlucky. But uh, but uh, yeah, it would have been nice to stop one today. But yeah, we weren't confident that uh, something could happen from Loris. So in, it happened. In the subject of Emiliano Martinez, some people are just made for the moment, right? And he just seems to be tailor-made for this. Yeah, he thrives on it. Uh, it, it he lives for it. it. It's an environment in which perhaps other goalkeepers are not quite sure as to what approach to take. For him, is this is now my time, and I've prepared for this, and I'm ready for this. You're not ready. Whoever is taking the penalty, you're not ready for this. I'm ready for this, and and you felt it. It's impossible not to feel it, and certainly when you are a penalty kick taker, it's not. It's impossible not to feel it as well, and I. I think to the point of Coman and Chuamini, obviously they felt it. Yeah. And Emiliano Martinez becomes a hero. Uh, Ali, you may admit we talked about this on the show. So you admitted before this week you'll switch from Maradona now to Messi. Yeah, I have made the switch and it's not easy to do. It really isn't. I, I cannot understate this, honestly. For me, it's, uh, it's difficult to take that step. When... I have played against Lionel Messi, right? And so it's hard to sort of have that feeling about a player who was on the same field with you. Right. The Maradona situation is different because he was in a... He's like on a pedestal. Yeah, on a, on a pedestal. He, he's, he's not human. He's not untouchable. I mean, for me, Lionel Messi, again, at one point was a rival. And, and now I look at him and say, I, can't, I can no longer yeah. hold back. I concede. 
you win, Lionel Messi. That's it. I mean, Maradona wins the parting accolade, don't he? Well, I do think just for moments as well in, in his career, like, like the, the run in the semi-finals and things like that. You know, it, like those sort of moments that, that Messi hasn't done on a World Cup stage. But overall, like his tenure and the length of that he's done it is special. Yeah, but he still doesn't win the parting accolade. Well, no, but I think there are other contenders as well as you, Mr. Maradona. Have you seen the Maradona yes, documentary, yes, the yes, parting yes, and all that? Yeah, but I think in Glasgow there was some partying going on as well back in the day. Uh, well, the, it, <laughs> you, you care to tell us about it? Or? I, don't, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, talking about Martinez, I won't right. mention it, but he, did, he also had his moment at the end, didn't he? <laughs> Oh, oh yes, yes, that was an interesting yes. decision. Yes. Yes. yes, that was an interesting decision with I the think trophy. We'll let him away with it because of the moment, but um, it was an interesting. Um, yeah. Yes, he was very excited by yes, that moment. Uh, very, very excited. excited. In fact, not quite as excited. Not, not nearly. No, no. It was no. nice to see the French president hovering around as well. Wasn't he was. It? He would annoy me. I'll be honest with you. The fact, I didn't like. Uh, I, I love to see the families and the kids. Yes. Uh, been allowed down. I, I, I didn't like all the uh, hangers-on, right. and I include the, fl- the, the flinch, the French president, right. and Gianni Infantino. I just didn't like, there was too many, what I would call hangers-on, around right. just getting in the I way. Thought it, if you're in Mbappe, you don't want anyone talking to you, surely, about right. it. So nothing you say and, is going to make me feel any better. And, and to say it one time, yeah. a second time, and say it again, and every time he had to come on, then you had to have a war with him again. Yeah. He just wants to move on with yeah. his life. What did you make of that, Frank? Uh, I'm with the guys, you know, it's too much. You know, leave the guy alone, you know, you, you, you won't comfort them because they know what they've done and they especially know what they didn't do. And so it's not because the other president of the French Republic that is going to feel, they're going to feel okay, you know, and... Um, and you can do it once, maybe just to, to say hi and to be nice, but don't come like many, many times. But he, he's been doing that for a while. You know, I, I remember semi-final, he came into the dressing room very quickly without asking uh, right. if he could come in. And uh, he was at the door and he said, Lilian, talking to Lilian Turam, come in, come in, come with me. And uh, Lilian Turam said, no, no, I'm going to wait a little bit. I don't yeah. want to go there now. Uh, I mean, the guy was like a, behaving like a kid, you know, and you have to be careful on what you do, especially when you're the president of Just the French Just before we go to let me tell you about Gianni Infantino, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm being serious. Right. Right. He, he uses, he used a World Cup that's been pretty exciting, but he used a World Cup that's been shoehorned into the middle of almost all domestic seasons mm. because they couldn't play it at a time when a World Cup's supposed to be played because of the temperatures. So he shoehorned it in. Luckily enough, it's been exciting. But everybody's had no rest, no gate, and they're going to get no rest going back. And he uses that time to announce another gazillion games yeah, in a club, the club World Cup. Cup. That's how arrogant they are. He couldn't even wait to give us this ridiculous announcement a couple of months down the line. He had to, he had to give it at a time when we're already shoehorning games in. Tells you all you need to know. Uh, is Zidane the next France manager, Frank? Oh. Southgate. Um, it's what everybody thinks. It's what I think, too. I think Zidane is uh, patiently waiting for Didier Deschamps to, uh, to leave the, the, the room to, uh, to get into it, yeah? Yeah, it's what we... I think we all want that when Deschamps decides to, to get out. 
to see Zizou coming in, maybe Platini as uh, president of the French Republic, uh, the French Republic, the Feder French Federation. That would be fantastic. I think that oh, would yeah. be fantastic. He's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so tell me, Frank, are, are, uh, are Zidane and Deschamps good friends and Zidane w w wouldn't rock the boat? Uh, yes, they go along pretty well. I would say I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure that 100% works <laughs> works out. But they play together for Juventus, and they they've been talking a lot together. And uh, I never I never heard that something was going wrong between uh, between the two. But I think Zidane doesn't want to rush and uh, and push Deschamps out. So everything's going to go in a nice way, I think. For all, was this the best World Cup you've ever watched? Frank, better than France 98? <laughs> I didn't watch it, my man. I was playing in it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, to be fair, you watched a lot of it. Uh, yeah. No. Well, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, for me, the, uh, the 78 World Cup in Argentina was, uh, was exceptional because uh, this... That's my first souvenir. I remember some games, even when France wasn't playing. But seeing, you know, all those white papers um, with Argentina and Kempes, Luque, Passarella, Tardelli winning, that's a fantastic souvenir for me. Uh, even if it was played in winter, even uh, if France didn't do well, that was a great souvenir for me. It was funny seeing Mario Kempes obviously in the stands. Mm. Uh, Frank's absolute star in the 78 because we know him as a colleague here who sits near us. And the interactions between him and Stevie are just. <laughs> no, Because Mario's English isn't very good and Stevie's English isn't very good, so it just turns into a disaster between the both of them. Tottenham. <laughs> the one word that is. Tottenham. Uh, Mario, did you ever play at Hamden? Tottenham. <laughs> Mario, did you play against Scotland in 1978 at Hamden? Tottenham. <laughs> Stevie, get your coach. And Stevie doesn't even try, does he? He's just mumbling away. I've seen him for a while, though. Is he just... Stevie? Mario, no, both. <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing a lot of remote stuff, hasn't yeah. he? I believe. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, best at, right. World Cup 982. And well, I enjoyed this. Sorry, I enjoyed that. I the one thing I didn't like about this was. And I suppose from a travelling point of view over there, it probably was all right if you're Shaka. Right. And others was you could stay there yes. for maybe 20 mile, 10 mile. Yeah. I like, you know, Ali travelled in Brazil. Mm. I travelled in South Africa. I, I like the fact in other countries that we would call more historical with the sport, you're going to different cities. Yeah. And you're travelling, you're getting the experience. I, I kind of feel here it was, it was effectively man-made for this tournament. Hell knows what they're doing with the stadiums now once they're finished, but I think that was the only thing. But in terms of the football, it was really enjoyable. Yeah, I think that you look at just purely the matches, I can't remember a tournament where there was so much riding on it felt every game. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, we just cannot be guilty of being prisoners of the moment. I will say that this is the best final I've ever seen. Yeah. And I have no doubt in that. Yes. Uh, I will go back... Uh, to the 1986 World Cup. I, I remember the 82, but the 86 is really the one where... Yeah. Where I, yeah. Not only... It's when you have that first sort of realization that this is, at least for me, right. this is what I want to do. Right. This is what I want to do with my life. I want to play there. This yeah. is, this is the mo these are the moments that I want to live. And 
Obviously, that was culminated by the goal of all World Cups by Maradona against England, the per individual performances of Maradona, and then obviously Argentina winning the 86 World Cup. So that, for me, holds a special place. That was the best goal, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> when Peter Shelton came out. <laughs> yes, yes. How's the ref miss that? I don't know. I mean, why would, have, why would you have VAR? I know. VAR, <laughs> you, why didn't Peter Shelton get there? He's <laughs> five foot ten. Looks like Maradona's smaller than me. <laughs> Well, he wasn't. Maybe, maybe I wasn't expecting him to raise his arm up and punch well, it. Final question, Dan. Was the game exciting enough for you? Yeah, brilliant. Ah. Absolutely. When, like, as finals go, it's well, incomparable. I think certainly at World Cup level, it's uh, brilliant. It, it, it'll be a World Cup final that will live on yeah. generation after generation after generation. It'll be the standard that. Finals from here on out will be measured. Although people again. will be watching the first eight minutes going, what are you on about? I <laughs> know, uh, well, just hang on. Just, just, just wait. wait a minute. Just wait. It's, it's coming. Yeah. And my kids will be telling their grandkids yeah. whenever they're talking about whatever final they're watching, oh, you didn't see the 2022 yeah. final. Yes. Yeah. That was a final. Yep. Um, that is it. We are done. Thank you yeah. very much. Uh, we're not done, obviously, because we're still with you every single day, yes, like a bad are. smell. You can't get rid of us as our attention turns to the return of domestic <laughs> football in Europe. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for more. Be sure to join us. Uh, until then, goodbye. Brainstorm. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Microwave. Air conditioning. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash fc, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash fc now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash fc.